reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 4. It's a short reading, but a very powerful reading, and I think kind of like Scott. But I'm not sure whether you're allowed to make short jokes, but anyway. I know. It can be found on page 1,223. The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and a sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, Susan. Uh, always take a short joke over a bald joke. Right, good day to you guys online. If you could keep your Bibles open to 1 Peter chapter 4. May I say before we pray, if you'd have said such nice things about me earlier, I probably wouldn't have left. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, <laughs> uh, we do, uh, jokes aside, want to love you with all that we have, including our strength. So we just pray that... Um, uh, that would become clearer and more pressing upon us uh, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, do you surf? Do you surf? That was a question I got asked over and over again when I first started here at St. Matthews. And I didn't know if it was like an unwritten job requirement. You know, you had to be a surfer or if it just wasn't obvious that I wasn't a surfer. But people would ask me over and over again, do you surf? Are you a surfer? And uh, it's true, only a surfer knows the feeling. That's what Billabong says. But um, I'm not one, so I don't. And if you're not a surfer, you do feel a bit ashamed, like it's some sort of moral failing, um, even though I love the ocean and I get into it as often as I can for a dip. And so I found myself, uh, by way of apology, saying things like, um, well, I don't surf, but the boys do, or I haven't really had the chance yet, or I haven't got a board that fits me. <laughs> don't make them that small. Or um, I just don't have the time, really. How could, I, how could I actually say, to be honest with you, I'm not really that interested. I get why people like it, but I'd rather learn guitar or French or graphic design than surfing. And I'm so, so sorry about that. <laughs> Do you serve? S-E-R-V-E. I think is a much more on-point question to ask, and not just of me, but actually of all of us as Christian believers. Do you serve? Because as we consider Jesus' great command to love the Lord your God with all your strength, that seems to be what he's asking us. So we love him with our hearts as these little engines of our existence become aligned or indexed or calibrated to him so that our desires match his desires for us, so that we become enthralled and captivated by him. He becomes our all in all. And we love him with our soul, our inner hidden beings, so that we just want to quiet our noisy lives and slow down our hurried existences so we can just listen to his word and speak to him in song and prayer. And we love him with our minds, not because 
Christian faith is a, just an intellectual endeavor, but because God is more than a feeling, He's a person, and we use our minds to know Him, uh, particularly by consuming His Word and His great story for all humanity. But finally, we love Him with all our strength, and I, I guess it's that's really talking about our bodies if we're going to separate out the kind of overlapping and integrated faculties of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So do you serve God? Do you love Him with your bodily strength? And how might we do that sustainably over, our, over an entire lifetime? They're the questions we're considering today in the middle of this All Your Heart series that we've been looking at this term. And so please um, have 1 Peter chapter 4 open, because when you turn to the New Testament letter of 1 Peter the Apostle Peter reminds us in chapter 4, verse 7, that the end of all things is near. Jesus will return to wrap up history as we know it. I know it feels like it's so long coming that it never will come, but that's only because our tiny brains can't imagine a concept like eternity. You know, we think that our short years is the really important bit, but actually that's just a blip or a breath in the broad sweep of God's timing. All we can say for sure is that the end of all things, like the end of history, our careers, our marriages, our bucket lists, time itself culminating in Jesus' return, we can just say it's near. In fact, it's nearer today than it was yesterday. And in light of all that, Peter issues the Christians he was writing to who were scattered around the Mediterranean world a, a, a series of instructions to be clear-minded and self-controlled to love one another, to offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. But then if we zero in on verses 10 to 11, he says these important words that I want us to read together. Verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised. And so you can very clearly see that we are to serve God with the strength that God provides. And you will notice it's not just an instruction to ministers or keen Christians, it's an instruction, have a look at verse 10, to each of you, to every Christian believer, in other words. Now that doesn't mean as soon as you come to faith you start leading a growth group. But, but it does see service as a very inclusive expectation, right? Each of you, whatever gift. And it's an expression of faithful stewardship of what God has given you. That, that is, whatever gift you've received from Him is not meant for you alone. It's meant to serve others so that in all things God may be praised. So, brothers and sisters, use your gifts to serve others. I do think it's worth pointing out that Peter is not only concerned about serving in our Sunday services, although, have you ever thought about this? Even our description of our gatherings as services is an indication of what we think is meant to be happening here. But he imagines that serving God with your strength, with whatever gift you have received, can happen throughout the week. Like, for example, in verse 9, he encourages us to offer hospitality to one another. Uh, that's a theme we're going to return to in a couple of weeks' time, but most often that's going to happen beyond our Sunday services. And it's worth pointing out that although the, the Apostle Peter primarily has serving within our faith community in mind, our New Testaments have this wonderful, broad vision for serving. So you might know Colossians 3, verse 17. It's a favourite verse of mine, and it says this, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, 
Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father. Isn't that broad? Isn't it lovely? Whatever you do in word and deed. So if you're serving on your school's PNC committee or at the Rotary Club or in your work or study, whether it's paid or unpaid at home, in the office, on the job site, in the hospital classroom, whatever it is, your deeds can be done in the name of Jesus. They can be powered by Jesus. They can be directed towards the glory of Jesus as you do them in the service of others. It doesn't happen automatically. It requires a radical mind shift. But serving others with the gift you have received from God, it can actually happen outside Sundays. And it can even happen outside our church community. But it certainly does include serving on Sundays and within the church community. And I think that is what Peter is focusing on here. And because it is my last day after nearly nine years, I want to um, take this opportunity to thank all the people of St. Matthew's who do serve, so many of you. I want to thank, and they're not in the room, so pass it on, um, the kids and youth leaders and scripture teachers and helpers who take to heart Jesus' words, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Very important. I want to thank our musicians who serve us right across Sundays, but who also practice during the week. It's okay that they're a little bit precious and have to go out to get coffees in the middle of the service. Got to protect the spirit fingers, you know. Uh, I want to thank the sound and data people it makes stuff work so well, you barely even notice that they're there. And I want to thank people who serve at Soup Kitchen and Open Door and English as a Second Language classes and our community chaplains because you love people and you want them to know Jesus. And I want to thank the parish council and the wardens and those who've served in those roles before who sit in meetings that we don't see and bring their wisdom and expertise to bear upon the affairs of our church so that we all benefit. I want to thank those who welcome, who cook, who bake, who clean. I want to give an extra special vote of thanks to our growth group leaders who, are, um, in my view, and I am biased, I am, are the ligaments and tendons of our church that hold things together, muscle and bone. And I, I, look, what you did during the pandemic was as masterful as it was unheralded. You carried our community and I will be forever grateful and that is no exaggeration. I also want to thank the staff team for their service of us all. I have to say, Nathan completely nailed that impersonation of me. Um, and both earlier lineups as well as the, the present iteration, it's always been a pleasure to serve along such a good-natured, good-humoured and hard-working group. And I have enjoyed their camaraderie immensely and I've learnt so much from each of them. And I can really commend their work among us all. They are very good at what they do. I want to say to Bruce, I, I did come here as a, a fairly young punk myself with a dozen years of experience, but really I learnt adult ministry here at this church, and I'm sure that I will take a thousand little things to Northbridge that I've learnt from you. And uh, you will know, because uh, you're here, that uh, every week we get um, people coming to, into our church and they marvel at this place where people of all ages gather in their hundreds joyfully and wholeheartedly in the name of God. And it's true that every single one of us plays a part in that. And obviously God does his thing. But somewhere in the mix, Bruce, you, you hold a, have a special responsibility for this lovely and holy thing in the very middle of Manly. And I would like us all to thank you now. Thank you.
Um, furthermore, seeing as uh, we're getting a bit autobiographical, I want to thank you all for giving us the chance, and me particularly, the opportunity to serve here with the gifts that God has given me. Bruce said, you can, you can speak on whatever you want to speak on um, today, uh, which is typical of his generosity, but I, I really hate breaking the series because um, it just annoys me, and this is what I want to talk about on anyway, because I am passionate about serving Jesus, and I just want to thank you for your generosity in allowing me to do it here. You have given our family a very good life these past nine years and it will not be easy to leave our home in North Manly. And I want to thank you for receiving my service among you so graciously. I've always felt you um, have been receptive to me personally but but my um, ministry as well and willing to learn. And you've been up for a laugh and okay with a tear and I think that's all important. Moreover, you've received my family as well as me as people the very first week we came some ladies they were just here gave carolyn a big hug and that didn't happen where we came from there they do these odd a-frame kind of hugs you know everybody feels sort of cheap and awkward and i don't know what they're worried about because we've got clothes on like nothing's going to (laughs) happen bring it in let's be comforted by each other's chub i reckon and you've been generous with yourselves you've been generous with your time you've been interested in us some of you have just imposed friendship upon us. We did not have a choice. It's been lovely. So, of course, don't think that leaving you, our spiritual family, will be easy either. It is a wrench that is splitting our hearts. I would like to thank my beloved wife, Carolyn. She is kind and unbelievably hot. And I just, um, like at 8 o'clock, I had to say pretty because if I said hot, they'd be like, oh, well, we better get her a glass of water or something, you know? <laughs> Uh, But she's also been um, very gracious and supportive of me. But um, I think more significantly, she's been interested in ministry and involved in all sorts of ministries here in her own right, which has just been lovely to see. So thank you again. We have have loved being here. I have loved being here. Now, can I be honest with you? Um, Not every day. I I generally enjoy work and... um, I, my work here as well. But like Nathan described a few weeks ago, I have had dark moments and, in fact, um, dark stretches. I do remember sitting at the back one Sunday somewhere up there, um, well before COVID, looking at the worship leader who was doing their thing, you know, eyes closed and hands up, and just thinking, faker. What a faker. And I can't remember who it was, and I really hope they weren't faking it. I was certainly superimposing the dark clouds over my own spirit onto them. There have been times where I've fantasized about getting out altogether and just running a lawn mowing business or something like that, Um, checking job boards, sometimes even multiple times a day, just feeling so kind of tired in my bones that even the marrow inside just felt dried up, cracked. And speaking of dried up and cracked, this is... um, this is my cricket bat. It's a Grey Nichols GN100 scoop. I got given it when I was about 10 or 11 years old. And I haven't played cricket for about 35 years. But for some reason, though I am a minimalist, I just can't get rid of it. Um, I think it's partly because I still back my cover drive. And um, I'm waiting for a call up to the Australian side at any moment and I want to be ready. 
Um, this is Mars Labashain, and if you're South African, don't tell me how to pronounce his name. I know how to do it. It's just this is how he does it in Australia. Labashain, fan favourite, certainly a, a favourite in our household, because you just look at the bloke and he makes you want to laugh, doesn't he? Funny face. He's this cheeky, irrepressible, obsessive, infectious enthusiast of cricket. What a gift to the game. But not only is he one of the best batsmen in the world, he is also a keen Christian. And if you watch closely, you'll notice him pause at the boundary rope before he goes out the bat, and he just sort of gets on his haunches like this, and he prays. Terrific. Now, if you look closely at his bat, you will notice there is a little black eagle right about there. And he put it there to remind himself of Isaiah 40, verses 30 to 31, which say this. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. His teammates think it's a lucky charm, the, the black eagle, because he's statistically luckier, given more lives than any other cricketer in the game. But Manus knows it's more than luck because Isaiah 40 is really saying poetically what the Apostle Peter is saying way more prosaically to us in verse 11. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides. When I'm sitting at the back of church and I'm subconsciously accusing the song leaders of being fakers, what has happened is that I've come to the end of my natural resources. I've served God with the gifts that he has given me but I haven't served him with the strength that he provides. I've just relied on my own natural capacities. They might be considerable, but I am human and my body has limits. And if you're so tired that even the marrow in your bones feels tired and cracked, you've reached your limits too. You haven't relied on him just as I hadn't relied on him. There's a lady called Stephanie Kate Judd. And she's an Australian lawyer and author and uh, somebody who suffered with a disability since she was a teenager, I think. And she made this very perceptive insight. She says, to be human is to be limited. And that has a great deal to do with the fact that we don't just have a body, we are a body. It is as bodies that we make our way through the world. And because of this, there are certain challenges that we all face. We're finite and subject to vulnerability. Our physical bodies experience fatigue and frailty and pain. To love God is to love Him with all our strength, which as we've been majoring on today means to serve Him with our bodies, embodied creatures that we are, with the gifts that we've received from Him, with the strength that He provides. But even within that framework, serving God with the strength He provides, we've got to acknowledge that He has imposed limitations upon us bodily limitations, which means we cannot serve him indefinitely, even with the strength he provides. And so alongside strength and service, he also wants us to rest and to worship. Or to put it another way, he's given us time to work, but he's also given us days to rest and to worship, or what the Bible calls Sabbath. And so for the final part of today, we turn to the habit area of Sabbath. That one day in seven gift in which we're invited to just put down our bat or our tools, just as God downed tools in his great work of creation in order to rest. 
Now, some of us here, I reckon, need great encouragement to serve others with the gifts and strength God has provided. We might be lazy or self-absorbed. I think more likely we probably just haven't got around to working out the specific ways we ought to go about that. Well, can I say the pastoral staff, and I do enjoy giving them extra work, um, they would love to talk to you about that um, here. But my suspicion is that we've got people in our church, people here today, uh, who've got dried and cracked marrow, who have really come to the end of their natural resources and personal capacity and who need to drink deeply from the well of rest and worship. And so I would love you to read or listen to the chapter in the Godly Habits book on Sabbath in your growth groups or personally so you can work out what it might look like for you to rest and to worship, to accept your bodily limitations so that you can love and serve God with all your strength. Can I just point out one thing that I think makes a difference? Intentionality. Intentionality. You, you won't stumble into a Sabbath because our natural tendencies are to be busy and hurried and stretched and distracted and they're way too strong to be overcome accidentally. You will need to intentionally set aside time, whether that's a whole 24-hour slab or maybe some decent chunks of time per week. You're going to need to say no to some things in order to make the most of the opportunity of Sabbath. Do you know, I think that's a good practice anyway, to grow your no so you can bless your yes. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I was thinking I wish I did, and I thought, no, nah, I don't really, anyway. <laughs> grow your no so you can bless your yes. You know, you'll need to remember, a genuine Sabbath, it's not, it's not the same as a day off. I've always been good at taking my day off from work. The only times I've missed it, is when I've had a wedding to do or, or I've been speaking at a Campbell conference. That's been pretty rare over the past nine years. I've said no to quite a bit, but time off to do things that are restful is not enough. And spending time with other people, which should be part of your Sabbath experience, it's, it's not enough. I'm, I did both of those things well, and I was still fantasizing about getting out. You also have to be intentional about the worship. The, the God element of Sabbath, the public worship, the private devotions and the reading. Otherwise, you, you are just practicing what Eugene Peterson, the grandmaster of spiritual habits, called the bastard Sabbath, the illegitimate child of the seventh day and Western culture. So to be intentional will include preparing well. It takes a lot of work to rest well, ironic, I know. You might have to do a little bit more of your paid work um, earlier in the week to get a true Sabbath. You might need to kind of push your household chores into a single block rather than spreading them out over the whole weekend. You'll want to prepare yourself with prayer and stillness and reading perhaps, even before you head to church. All sorts of preparations will make a difference if you are to rest and worship well so that your body and mind and soul are refreshed so you can love and serve God with all that you have for all of your life. And you can read more about that in the booklet. Well, friends, I might finish, if it's okay to end, with a little bit of personal testimony with the motivation for loving God with all your strength or why I continue to be motivated to serve Him with the strength that He provides in recognition of my limitations as an embodied human being. Do you know why it is? It is because He has so served me in His perfect, obedient life that He lived among us. He has so served me in his sacrificial death that he died for us on the cross, in our place, in my place, to open up a way to 
be in right standing with God. He has so served me in his triumphant resurrection from the dead, which has paved the way and which guarantees my future resurrection from physical death into a glorious eternity spent with him, where I shall see his face, where I will hug him, not a frame at all, but resurrected body to resurrected body, to the point where one of the angels will tap me on the shoulder and gently say, that's probably enough for now. And I will turn and say, just a little bit longer. And I really do look forward to hearing him say those words in Matthew 25 from the parable of the servants to me, where he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and enjoy your master's happiness because that will be happiness indeed. Those words have motivated me to continue in the service that has shaped my Christian life through the joyous ups and considerable downs. Friends, I hope it might motivate you to continue in the service that shapes your Christian life. We have a great master in Jesus. He is worthy of all our service. So let us love him with all our strength. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father God, we... um, We hear the clarion call to love you with all our strength, to serve you with all our bodily strength. We really want to be people who do that. We recognize our limitations as embodied creatures. We also recognize that you give us strength and a gift of Sabbath to rest and worship so that we can love you with all that we have for all of our days. And pray that you might help us to do that. And I thank you for these people here who've encouraged me to do that these past nine years. Amen.